Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm very excited about this topic because I have only covered it on one other occasion, and it's going to be about sound and healing and how we can use our voice. My guest today is Karina Shelda, and she is a compelling and dynamic international presenter and workshop leader. She's a teacher and a visionary whose presence, passion, and grace inspires all she comes in contact with. A powerful leader, Karina's determination and compassion to go beyond what we think is possible and to push the boundaries of what we believe to be true makes her such an impressive and captivating individual. She is an internationally acclaimed pioneer in her field and with an indomitable spirit, (laughs) using the human voice as the ultimate instrument for personal development. The last two decades, she has taught the soul voice method in over 25 countries and trained and certified a selected group of practitioners and teachers. Karina has presented at conferences across the globe, appeared on national radio and TV in various countries, and she is also a successfully published author, and I got the chance to review a copy of one of her books. It is called Expression into Freedom. So if you're watching this on Path 11 TV, you'll get a chance to see the book and see what we're talking about here. Expression into Freedom is the book that I reviewed, Voice and Sound, Your Destiny. So Karina, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thank you so much, Sabrina Hannah. So great to have you here. And I just want to let my listeners know, and especially if you're watching on Path 11 TV, I have a totally different background. I have the old microphone that I used to use when we first started podcasting. And I have a nice little Rottweiler in the background house sitting at my best friend's house in another location. So I said to Karina, we might hear some funny sounds since we're talking about sound and, you know, a dog scratching at the door. I might not be able to get that edited out. So if you guys don't mind just bearing with us with a little bit of a different, you know, background and sound for this podcast. So, but Karina, I'm really excited to have you here. Like I said, I've only covered the topic of using the voice once. We were um, filming a conference on sexuality and energy. And there was a woman that talked about the sacred voice, but the this workshop was all about embracing sexuality and spirituality. And she connected the voice with the vagina. So it was really like, whoa, I've never heard anybody talk about this before. It was really fascinating work. So I figured, you know, when your book came across, it's like, I would love to learn a little bit more about the voice again and sound because I've recently myself have gotten into a little bit more of sound healing in my my private practice. I'm using more of the crystal singing bowls and really researching and studying how sound affects our body and can heal our body. So this is a very exciting topic for me. So welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So would you like to maybe begin letting my audience know a little bit about your background and how did you get into discovering your voice and actually creating this method and mm. now teaching it all over the world? Mm. 
Well, that's a good beginning question. And I wonder where I need to start because, of course, my childhood was a little bit restricted as to showing emotions and free expression and so forth. And so were the teenagers years. And I actually studied psychology and, and university in Denmark, but I found out I'm going to live out the roles that I'm playing in life. So I took an actress education in Paris, and that was extremely liberating to come into acting because there you can just identify by being anybody and you live it out, you know, beyond what you in daily life and the mundane life can live. So that liberation suited me very, very well. I remember my singing lessons with a teacher later in Denmark was very restricted though, because I had to learn a lot of techniques about how you can sing and how you shall not sing off key, on key sounds and so forth. And that didn't suit me so well, but eventually I found out of how to leave the path and more go into really free, open your voice. And that is what I discovered also when I started my alternative healing path, which I had then at the same time that I worked as an actress and as a film director, actually. And I discovered that we have a voice that has, that is an innate instrument and can go on all octaves. We just do not need to differentiate how we are sounding. Is it off key or on key? All dissonant sounds actually helps to dismantle our emotional body and break through these patterns that we often restrict ourselves in, like we have to be in a special way instead of really liberating our expression. Yeah, so my well, I, I shifted career and I became a healer, a body worker, a counselor, a brass worker. And then one day in my healing center in Denmark, where I come from originally, I discovered that there is a voice that can come from what I call source. When you really allow yourself to be completely free yeah, and open, when you let it permeate through what we also call our layers, but not be occupied at the same time with our layers, but just know that God or the higher source of all that is, is there to play the, the, the cosmic symphony through you if you are ready and if you're willing. So I had an initiation in my healing center many, many years ago, and that was my vocation to start to research what sound can do for us. I love it. Yes, it's fascinating. <laughs> you know, the other interesting thing, like right in the beginning of your book that you were talking about is that like as human beings, well, first there was sound before language, right? And that as human beings, we really aren't connected to sounds. We're more connected, I think, to, to the language. But you talked about prim primordial inheritance. And I have that bookmark. So I was hoping that you can talk a little bit more about that and how how we as humans have lost the connection to our voice and, you know, how animals, that's how they communicate is through sound and, and the noises that they make. So I was hoping that we can uh, talk a little bit more about that. That reminds me so much about my calling from the whales. Uh, in the past, I listened a lot to, I still do, to whale music, even in my own living room. and. 
their haunting sounds are like enlightening medicine. That what they pass underwater, like they really create balance underwater with their enlightened sounds. It can be heard thousands of kilometers underwater. And when I actually heard them for the first time, I got this calling about, well, what about that we bring the whale sounds within the human body above water to, to the earth and to humanity to balance through our primal, primordial sounds and all sounds that we are, because we are the only species, as you also mentioned, that do not have a sound language. And that was actually one of my first callings to really research what sounds can do and not least also our primal and primordial sounds because the more we come in contact with the nature within ourselves and our instinctive self, the more I believe we can combine the instinctive self with our spirituality. Like, you know, when we are in nature and we roar like a lion or we sound like the birds or we just free singing and using our voice, we can feel like, wow, I'm in an elevated state now. I feel like my higher consciousness and my guidance are really coming through me in a complete new way. So I work with that in the emotional body, how to combine the more instinctive and prime upon what yourself about ourselves that really knows with our higher consciousness or this what is our yeah inner guidance and in our higher guidance and we have to go through i believe to all layers like that to go through our reptilian brain energy our instinctive self and our limbic brain this, this emotions and senses we have an into our neocortex brain there where we really operate in the consciousness which we do the most of the time and are too mental and too controlling and too much in the head I believe and then combining it with our higher consciousness so that all these different le levels and layers of our brain can really be combined and that's what I work with in the sound vibration because if you are able to work very intentional and you allow your sound really to direct you and guide you, it will stir you up and awaken you into the subconscious. And the subconscious is where our real self is dwelling, our emotions, our senses, our primal self and all that. And that's what we need to come in contact with, I believe. You know, we are... We are still too much in the head about trying to understand and analyze everything. And so that, but for me, it's really the embodiment to come through the emotional body into the instincts and through that combine our left to right hemisphere, our yin, our yang. And from that, we go into the real higher consciousness. That's when really our inner voice is really resonating much stronger and real, I believe. Yeah, so this might be a great part to kind of move into how can sound actually heal our bodies? And 
there was a, a great example that you gave in the book. And it, of course, I read it at the perfect time because I have had some abdominal interesting pain. And you shared a story in the book about a woman that had come to you and that she was experiencing some pain and you were working on her and using sound. And you also asked her to give it a sound. So I was sitting there reading your book. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a sound. And I would say that using my voice I have had to really work on to be comfortable with over the years. It doesn't come naturally. It feels like embarrassing or like, I don't know if I want, you know, I don't even know the sounds that my voice can make. So anyway, I sat there with it. I held the area of the pain and I just kind of closed my eyes. I went into it and I just started to make a sound and it was, it was very deep and it rattled a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I took a deep breath in. I did it again. It sounded the same. Third time, it started to change a little bit. And then the fourth time, the sound came out where it was more like a steady a steady sound instead of it having like vibration to it. It was more like in the beginning, it was more ah, uh, and then eventually it was ah, uh, and, and came out. And I was I'm like, what is going on? I can't wait to talk to Karina about this because I literally felt the tone of it change. The physical pain had lifted up and out a little bit. And I had some, I don't know, just moments of not having any discomfort there for a while when I tried this. So I was like, all right, there might be something to this. So I would love to hear your explanation on how, how to use our voice and how can it physically heal the body? I'm impressed by your story and your realness of trying it out because that really talks most really about listening and listening to your body wisdom in the moment where it is that it all starts. Plus what you also said that you let go of the inadequacy because there are no false notes or no wrong notes that every sound will have a message to you. So you listen that you came deeper through the layers and of course. I have created over some decades techniques and exercises that will help humanity to come into really the core of where, where it's really moving because I love to work with in depth, not just, you could say, heal a superficial pain, but really go through all the layers that we consist of. So we are sound vibration in our core, everything it could consist of sound vibration inside ourselves and outside ourselves. And it's a force that conducts everything is inside ourselves is also water. But when we combine that fluidity and that sound, we can go very far. But at the same time, I would say, yes, it starts with that. We give a sound and we listen to our body wisdom, but then to come through all the layers, we will need to train further the listening and the deepening also i work with deepening also anatomy and physiology and really knowing more about intuition in the body how can we come to a deeper inner knowingness about how we are constituted how we are not separated from the different parts and that means also that when we have an emotional pain it is related to our consciousness and our thought patterns how we feel in our physicality, we cannot separate the different dimensions and bodies that we consist of. And also our auditory nerves are directly linked to all our inner organs, which is also scientifically proven that the vagus nerve and all our auditory system 
goes directly in and influences all that is happening in our inner system. So, so it's quite simple and it's quite complex at the same time. If you really want to heal on a very deep level and, and deep patterns, which I believe our patterns comes from our consciousness. First and foremost, we are what we think, but we are also what we fear. So how to get our mental and our consciousness combined with what are really the feelings underneath. And in trauma, for example, it's often the emotions that is the triggering point because the client who has trauma eventually does not want or cannot again feel that what they once experienced or that was very traumatic so that they numbed the body. And now we are going back to then just sensing, you know, how was this actually? Again, back to the reptilian brain just to start simple, you know, how do you sense this? The same with grief or any other emotions. You don't need to be overwhelmed with, well, I have just oceans of grief inside me if I really start. Well, we start with just feeling the, how does it sense in your body? Is there any discomfort in your body? Is it hot? Is it cold? Where is it? And what is it related? So, you know, to have safety in emotions are very, very important. And then when you have that safety and you have the container, then there's nothing like sound that can release really anything. It's just really the, the tool, the medium for big releases when we laugh or sigh, you know, hey, we just feel more free, right? All right. So, well, before we get to grief, what if we, can we talk a little bit more about the dissonant sounds that you talked about, the opener to the emotional body, and maybe we can lead into grief that way. When I've been running some of my sound healing, I don't know if you've ever heard the crystal singing bowls before, they, they really transport people. And I've had a couple of people feel scared when they've heard that sound. There's something within them that feels, I think, that dissonance that you're talking about. It's like, sometimes I'll hit the bowls in a certain way and it'll probably create a sound that isn't on key, like you had talked about, or isn't very pleasing to our ear. But you had mentioned something about the dissonance really beginning to break stuff up in the body and being able to heal more. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how we can welcome these sounds that maybe aren't natural to the ear, but also understand how they could be helping us. And then maybe we can talk a little bit more about grief. Yeah, so dissonant sounds, they are unusual for our ears because they remind us about some emotions eventually that we haven't felt or we haven't released or some blockages in the emotional body. As soon as we do some dissonance, it's like, mm, it's sort of close to our heart, close to our emotions and often something that we have not expressed eventually. So that means that if you have blockages, emotional blockages, and who doesn't have that in your body, as soon as you have hear this dissonance, it feels like, oh, I'm a little bit on the edge. I, I cannot relax into that harmony that I have when I hear the easy sounds or the harmonious sounds. We are recorded in sound vibration. It's like records of our history in our yeah, cellular makeup, in our DNA energy. So what we can do is to 
of course, again, put in trust to the clients or those who are hearing the dissonant sounds and tell them that this is opening up the emotional body. It is starting to heal and to release also without their interference eventually. Yeah. Like the grief or the anger or the jealousy or whatever it is are starting to melt or to dissolve. I like the dissolving. It breaks through and it starts to, to melt and dissolve this what hmm, is a little bit blocked or itchy in the body. Yeah? And I work with it with my educational programs, both in active and passive form. And of course, you first need to work with it actively so you know what it does to you before you can be passive and receive dissonant sounds and knowing whether the facilitator is actually helping you with that grief or stuckness or anger or guilt or whatever it is that discordant sounds that, that you feel, but it's very, very healthy, the discordant sound. <laughs> that's, that's great. And, and I like what you said too. It's like, you have to understand more about it in the active sense before you can become passive about it. That makes a lot yeah. of sense to me. Yeah. So in speaking about grief, so we have, you know, that was kind of our whole initiative in creating Path 11 was really trying to find out more answers of what happened when people die. And we've investigated that. We've created a couple of documentaries about it. And we talk a lot about death on this podcast. And trying to help people in their grief is a large portion of what we do at Path 11. So I'd like to just hear a little bit more about your experience and how you've used sound and how that can maybe begin to move grief, help the person who is grieving. And maybe if you even would like to give a couple of demonstrations, I don't know if, if you can, if you're not specifically working on a client, but are there any sounds that we can make that resonate within the body that can help grief that we might be holding? Yeah, yeah. There's such a uh, huge wisdom in grief. I see that the Buddha has a smile in one eye and a tear in the other eye. The compassion, the tear for humanity, the suffering that we are going through. Just if we look at the, the grief in itself, it's the water flow in our body that gets stimulated so that we can yes, soften our hard edges or these places where we could not forgive or we could not yet yeah, just be at ease with this natural yin energy as grief is. And it reminds me also about in the Maori culture in New Zealand, I also live part-time in New Zealand, the Maori culture, when there's somebody who's dying, they have three days where they do different rituals in Kauranga, where, where everybody for three days, they are in their grief and their mucus are being released and all that. So they have like they have a whole protocol and lots of rituals in order for everybody to really grieve, and I believe that it really helps the person who has passed over that we can release in this way. So eventually beyond the grief, there's coming the joy or the celebration for this person having a short or long life or whatever they were on, on planet Earth or 
of a standing for. I believe that grief is, is such a natural release that, and it is not that difficult. I mean, in the Western societies, there's many men that does not grief naturally, but in indigenous cultures, it's very natural that men also use uh, their grief and that's years. I, I remember from my own upbringing uh, and many, many, many years ago, it was hard in the beginning to grieve because I was so linear and I was so fixated on being strong and being in a special way until I learned the, the passion and the compassion of grief and all what it can, it can do for you. So I believe it's not, I think it's the emotion behind it that needs to be there, the openness of the heart and knowing that there's, there's, there's something that we cannot release without the grief. There's a wisdom in grief that as we allow this te these tears and this grief to really tap into a very deep level of our heart, then a new wisdom will come in, a new body wisdom. It's again as if we are dissolving that hardness or that too linear, too blocked, too physical, or too not embodied, that just comes in. Like in ancient times, the women, they, they met at the crying wall in the village to cry together for various reasons. There's many things we could cry about, not only when people, they pass over, but there's so many things happening in our world today that I say in my book also, we should have it one crying day for the whole planet and that would change the planet overnight. <laughs> there may be some floods, but the natural floods. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just amazing to think about, you know, that people would actually gather to cry. And when we think about our Western culture, it's like people are given medicine to stop crying. You know, it's like, don't don't feel the emotion. Let's just not ride those waves. So yeah, we I think we have a long way to go. Yes. Yeah. Now, forgive me if I'm getting it confused with your book or some of the sound healing stuff that I have been reading, but don't you talk about different sounds, like different vowel sounds that if you express them of what they sound like and kind of teaching people how to make those sounds. And I was just curious to know if there's a certain sound that would help help with grief. I don't particularly work with using a particular vowel for grief. I work with vowel sounds as to the chakras, for example, which can help to synergize it in a particular way. But I work also with the free expression into the chakras, for example. So I don't think there's a particular vowel. I, I believe I was going to do a demonstration on how people can start to access their grief. Then it would probably more be a, really a, a more easy way of loosening up to imitate something that is more grief sound. I'm also thinking about when I talk about imitating that, I use a lot of the inner child easiness and playfulness and vulnerability within us to come in contact with the emotions because when you access that innocence in a child and her his vulnerability, it may also be easier to access uh, the, the grief. And also 
children, they don't necessarily think about sort of structural vowels. They just spontaneous in the emotion. They shift from grief in one minute and anger the next and something else the next. They, know, they are just living in their subconscious and we are not as adults. So I would more use that energy of the children and within ourselves to access that this little child in us can be vulnerable and it's okay to have these emotions and it's okay to be spontaneous as to how would the grief be. And I always used to cover the face when I teach people to start with to access their grief. If you cover that mask that we are and that we also sometimes do not want to show in grief because then we look very different after we have been crying. So just to cover the face with your hands and start these, yeah, imitating. So I gave a couple of imitating sounds, yeah. <laughs> Like in this context of you also faking it till you make it. Like I imitate as if, okay, it sounds like somebody I would cry and there's a lot to cry on. And when you start to cry, that will then unravel other memories that we could grief over and we haven't grieved about yet. And then not give up when you have the sense of imitating the sounds. Maybe take a certain time frame, like five minutes or 10 minutes, where you just continue to be in that energy of grief. And then as you have done that for a ritual of 10 minutes, for example, then sound some harmonious sounds or do a little bit of easy sounds or even laughter because they are so related. Grief and laughter, I believe, are very related. Like when we really get released from our grief, we feel like, okay, there's nothing we can take too serious. It's serious enough always, but the laughter in itself is also so freeing. And that can also be an access to the grief. Then when we have really laughed loudly, as we could almost not stop, then the grief can come. And I experienced that, for example, when I work with dolphin energy, that is these high peak sounds. <laughs> so high pitched sounds, and it reminds you about laughter. And I get the students into high laughter and lots of laughter so they can't stop laughing. And then afterwards, some of them come into crying, really crying. So that can also be an access to the grief through laughter or through dolphin sounds. Yeah, I had that experience during a breathwork class where we were doing breathwork and then in kind of the middle of the class, she had us all start to laugh. And, it, you know, it was a strange experience for the first time for me doing it. 
But then this laughter, because it was in a group setting, erupted. And we were, it's like laughter is so contagious, right? So when they're laughing, the whole room is laughing. Somebody else starts laughing deeper and then you can't help but laugh along with them. It was re- a really interesting exercise. And then at some point during the breath work, there were tons of tears. So you're right, I had ex- experienced both of those. And I think I once heard somebody say, our, our tears or grief are the is the cousin to laughter or something like that. So hearing you say that they're very connected reminds me of that, that quote that I had once heard. Yeah. yeah and they sparkles, the tears sparkles like stars is also a part of the quote, this sparkle in your face like stars. Yeah, I, I, I really love too in your book where you talked about finding the inner child and you also give exercises. So in Karina's book, Expression into Freedom, it's a very fancy book, by the way. It feels very nice. It's like silky smooth. It's it's great material. But after each, she gives you an exercise. And there was one exercise where you challenged the reader to go back to making baby sounds and like moving the tongue in certain ways of like how a baby. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done this in so long. I had to think about like, what does a baby do? What did I used to do? It really brought out a little more of this lightheartedness, you know, within me to to feel that and to do that again, which was really cool. And I also really liked what I found really helpful in some of the exercises was really coming back to the sigh, like the breath of a ah, and just really feeling that. And that was an interesting exercise for me, too, because at first when I began, it was very quiet, you know, bashful. How do I really want to make this sound? But then once you get into it, it like feels so good to just breathe in and let it out and give it a voice. So I don't know if you wanted to speak about that at all. I think the sign sounds is so easy. Also, when we have the computer, the devices for a very long time, just to sigh and just like, ah, and that easily can just come into sound like, oh, you hear yourself in another way. And then maybe it is an ah sound. Ah sound is also so liberating. Ah, it's like, you know, you breathe deep, uh, you're talking about breath. We cannot sound and sigh actually without breathing. And we cannot, you know, we write the waves in our voice, in our speaking voice on, you know, the way that we are breathing. Because if our breath becomes deeper and into our lower abdominal and upper abdominal, then, you know, these resonant chambers, they really open up within ourselves. And then when we breathe deeply also, then it's also easier to sigh or almost if you're sighing, you start also to be deeper, right? So, so it all, it's interrelated and and the baby sounds is like, well, it's actually a very, very fine exercise that I use on all my seminars because it has so many layers to it because this primordial language that we started out with before we started the the linear language, so significant to unravel our history. I mean, really go very far back and unravel our history. So baby sounds is, is very significant and it brings us into our history together with vulnerability so that we really can sense the real self, which I believe is always through our vulnerability. Yeah. 
So yes, it sounds very strange or some people, they say, oh, I just close my mouth when I do baby sounds before they start to stick out the tongue and undulate the tongue. And I would say the tongue needs to be like an acrobat, like, you know, but baby sounds are very good when you are a public speaker or you often have something in your throat and who does not have this now and then. So just do the baby sounds and you get liberated within some minutes, really. So these baby sounds. Yeah. And, you know, if we think about it, when we go even further back to the womb, when we're in the womb and they talk about how important sound is, you know, for the baby, I think it's also, is it the first sense that we're able to develop, right? Because we can't see, you know, so sound again is like so important to us even before we come out into the physical. Is there anything else that you feel is really important that you'd like to share with our listeners? I will go so with the technique that I have created called a therapeutic acting. And it is like a combination of acting and therapy and healing. And it came from, of course, my acting career that says there's something in this combination that is incredible, actually, for therapists also and for healers to get a more, both a lighter and deeper attitude to uh, all the deep healing and uh, yeah, emotional release work that we are doing and the deep healing work. So therapeutic acting is a technique where you absolutely can identify and become anything through your body language, through your sound language, through a character that you are, but not that you play, that you really become. Like if you, for example, want to be a witch, that you can express all that, what this witch is, but really for real. And then the sound really starts to liberate itself through you because it's like you have taken on another identity, not playing it, but really living it out. So that energy that is not theater in itself, but it's really therapy in itself and let People go to the absolute maximum of what they can express, which I guide them into how to really go to the core of what you can hear and what you can sense that that is a huge, huge liberation in itself. Yeah, that reminds me when I was working in the clinical setting, I was working at a psychiatric hospital and I used to run a children's group and we had to use psychodrama techniques. So I wasn't specifically trained in psychodrama, but when I was doing my internship there, I would shadow and watch the main therapist do it. And then basically he taught me how to do the techniques. And it was really amazing to watch the transformation between the parents and the children, kind of giving giving them instruction to act in a different way. Sometimes we would reverse the roles where the child would become the parent and the parent would become the child and they each got to see how they were acting. But it, it was a very therapeutic tool that I found in, in the yeah. clinical setting to do. What I think was therapeutic acting when, because I have worked so deep already with them, with the therapy and the healing, and then they can even go a step further. It's not like I start with this, I go at, Further down the line, I start to really get them into some areas that they haven't looked at before. And of course, you know, I'm I'm trained in how to really 
listen to their voice so that I can hear where do they really need to go, you know, not only in their tone of voice, in their speaking voice, but also when they do the full expression, because everything is a sole print of who we are, you know, what comes out through our voice is really who we are in essence. So, so yeah, it's a very interesting technique. Yeah. The other, the other voice coach, I think she called more, she was more of a voice coach for people. But I remember in that interview, one of the things that she said is because like yourself, what you just said too, it's like your ears are so attuned to tone and sound that she says, oh, anytime I'm, every time I'm, I hear somebody talk, she's constantly listening, you know, to the tone and the sound of their voice and is able to pick up on a lot of different things just by the speaking voice. Yeah. And also on that, Rihanna, we can change an atmosphere at any time. We can change our tone of voice at any time. Also by just freely singing out some sounds, you know, and just liberate that voice and get another tone. And if this is what we want, because our, our voice, our speaking voice is related to our heart, right? If we are in contact, some people, they are not so much in contact. So it's more related just to the mind. But, you know, if you really are in contact and you want to deepen the emotional body, you can also really modulate it to your tone of voice which is so interesting really to play with the tone of voice also because this is who we are yeah have you ever experienced people changing their tone of voice on a permanent level like maybe they're they've done some of this work and this is you know this is my tone of voice right now but if i were to do work with you that maybe it would change over the course of my lifetime or i would sound right absolutely absolutely so many people they also think oh i don't like my voice or it's too high or it's too low or nobody can hear me and so forth they get a new vibration because we are the vibration of our voice so this vibrational energy that we are working with is shifting and that means your tone of voice your level that you speak in you know that is shifting everything is shifting and also the way, which is also very important in the sound work, the way we are listening, that we are, we, we are trained to eventually not listen to the tone of the voice, but to listen to the linear words, where I train how can we be clear audience so that we can hear what is coming through the speaking voice and then more know about the soul that is in front of us and give them more the power back also instead of just hearing you know the linear talk it's a combination i believe i think that's very very interesting to work with deeper inner listening wow yeah it makes me think a little bit differently about a person that I listen to a lot of their old recordings and teachings and, you know, through his entire life, you can, he sounds very different from when he first started teaching till he got toward, more towards the later end of his life. And I was thinking about that the other day before I picked up your book, but thinking, oh, it's probably because he just got older and maybe his voice got a little bit deeper and got a little bit slower. But now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder too, if, you know, this is a person very much involved in awareness and insight of his own consciousness. So, you know, now it makes me think a little bit differently about the sound of his voice. Yeah. So as we've been sitting here for about 50 minutes, do you have any, any tips for myself or anything that you hear within my voice or anything that could be helpful for me to do when you are listening to the sound of my voice? Is there anything that you are able to pick up on? Ah, uh. 
What a beautiful question. And I believe to really get your beautiful voice, even more what I call grounded. I'm sure you live close to nature some of you, sometimes. And just take a slow motion walk and, and walking and then giving an ah sound where you sense that this ah sound not only comes from the third eye, but goes down to the Hara center in our chi center, which is for me, our soul center from where all energy and all sounds originate. And then that's that energy that normally is conducted up here comes down into being conducted more from the hara. And then you take this slow motion walk and then just say some ah sound, some some pleasant sound and also maybe since then the deep breathing from this area, also from the lower abdominal and then you're trained to have the exhale also really long, which is depending on how the abdominal and upper abdominal chambers are working. And you can do that so slow motion walk and then just say an ah sound. And that long ah sound is so comforting and also brings the embodiment stronger in. Mm, okay, I love that. I will practice work <laughs> on that. And for my listeners, now Karina doesn't know this, and some of you may or may not have heard this before. I have had actually many healers and teachers instruct me saying, you got to get into your lower chakras because you are in the upper ones all the time. So as you're saying this and giving this as a suggestion, I totally understand why you're saying that because that's been some life work for me to kind of bring the energy down to ground and to get into the lower the lower chakra energy it's amazing that's crazy that you can just hear that through the voice i love it do you work with people one-on-one -on -one? do you do virtual stuff can you mention again where you're located and how people can find you if they'd like to work with you yeah, soulwars.net is our website and I have educated hundreds of practitioners, therapists in the method and also teachers worldwide. And I very seldom give uh, private sessions myself, but it can happen. I do seminars and educational programs to educate people to become professional in uh, the Solvoice method. Yeah, solvoice.net. And uh, we are in eight different languages. The website is in eight languages. So wow. there's Amazing. possibilities to be understood also in the linear language. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great because this podcast goes out all over the world. I mean, we have people from every single country listening. So that is wonderful that you have it in all those different languages. And again, the book that I had the chance to review is Expression into Freedom, Voice and Sound, Your Destiny. For those of you that still have a CD player, there's a beautiful CD that comes along. It's in the back pocket of this book. And again, this is just, it's just a smooth, very nice, fancy book. I love it. I haven't had a book like this of this material come across my desk in a, in a while, but Karina, it was just wonderful and beautiful to speak with you, to learn about our voices a little bit more, to not be embarrassed by them, to set them free. And I would highly recommend that people check out Karina's work and start using your voice, learning how to use it more and embody it because clearly our voice can heal us. So Karina, thank you so much for being a guest on the Path Loving Podcast. We'd love to have you back anytime. Thank you so much. It's my great pleasure. I'd love to come back. <laughs> Wonderful. And thank you all so much for listening. And I will bring you guys another amazing guest next week. Take care, everybody.
Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.